Welcome to part two in a two-part series on guns and the Second Amendment. I'm going to pick up where I left off in the last episode. So if you want to go back and listen to that, the previous episode, that will fill in a lot of the basis for why I am talking about the Second Amendment and the Bill of Rights and the wonderful amendment and the freedom that this has given to our nation. Hello, everybody. I'm Janice Christensen, and this is The Tangled Angle. Here on this podcast, we address the tangled angles of conservative American values given to us by the Constitution while using facts and keeping it classy. I am a news junkie with a passion and interest in politics, government, and American history, and I spent 16 years in the halls of the Washington State Legislature supporting my husband, Dan Christensen, who is in the House of Representatives. Now with this podcast, I'm able to share and discuss what I've learned and experienced, along with some historical context of where we are on the timeline of history. And the Second Amendment has been hotly debated, especially in the last, oh gosh, 50, 60 years. And as we erode as a culture, and as our society gets more and more progressive, more and more infiltrated by leftists who don't understand the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and freedom and so on. And as we drift further from the Constitution and the biblical foundation on which a lot of the ideas in the Constitution came from, this topic of gun ownership in the United States is now at the forefront. We as a nation have wandered a long way from law and order, which gives a nation stability. Law and order are both deeply rooted in the Bible because God is the ultimate lawgiver, that good, perfect, and true lawgiver. And from his law comes the order that a society needs to rightly function and to endure through generations and turmoil and trouble and international conflicts and so on. But this biblical basis of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, it allows the good to flourish and keeps evil at bay. It keeps human nature controlled, subdued. It keeps human nature in check. And we've lost that now as a country. And so lawlessness and disorder rule the day. And we all want law and order, whether we know it or not, because this is what gives us peace. Peace in our nation, peace between states, peace between jurisdictions, peace between cities. This law and order, whether we know it or not, gives us this peace and ultimately the peace in our souls. God is the ultimate kind, compassionate, worthy, most just lawgiver. And we would do well as a nation to follow his laws, to follow his commandments. And regarding what's best for a society, a people, a family, and ultimately the individual, but we're not doing that. And so our culture has unraveled till this point. And this manifests itself in many, many ways. Oh my gosh, the list is endless. Drug abuse, divorce, fatherlessness, motherlessness, no parents on the scene, illiteracy, drug abuse, abortion, adultery, murder, looting, stealing, a host of long list of other plagues on a nation and on the individual and the family levels are just what's it's what's ruining our nation now. We have this turmoil. We don't have law and order. And the founders knew human nature very well because they understood 
human nature from reading the Bible and understanding that the heart of every person is engaged in the struggle, the struggle of good and evil. And to solve this struggle, they wrote the Constitution and shortly after that, the Bill of Rights to try and best attempt to form a nation, a free nation for a free people that could endure when these problems always rear their ugly heads. And now you might be wondering, well, what has this got to do with guns? You know, what, why is she saying all this? What's this got to do with guns? Well, there's two issues going on here. One is the mass shooting and violence problem here in our nation, which is a heart issue. This is the evil intent of the heart of someone who'd want to harm someone else, take their rights away, hurt their person, hurt their property, steal their property. This evil intent, this envy, I want what you have, so I'm going to steal it from you. This is a problem of the heart. And the second issue going on here is the Second Amendment, the right to keep and bear arms, which is what free citizens do to protect themselves from a tyrannical government or what could become a tyrannical government. But these are two separate issues. One is the problem of the heart, which causes violence one person to another. And the second issue is the Second Amendment, the right to keep and bear arms, which keeps a free people free. But those who wish to somehow cure this problem of mass shootings go after the Second Amendment, and they're confusing the two issues. They're attacking the wrong source of the problem. The mass shooting problem is a problem of the heart, and it has nothing to do with the right to keep and bear arms from law-abiding citizens. But then our government, which is leaning towards tyranny, which is leaning toward socialism and Marxism and Black Lives Matter, which is basically Marxism renamed, our government sees these mass shootings as a great opportunity to confuse these two issues and use mass shootings as a reason to disarm the law-abiding population. Free citizens can protect themselves, their families, and their property, and socialist and communist governments do not want the citizens to be able to protect and defend themselves. So then we have a mass shooting or someone who plows into a crowd of people with an automobile. And then the left screams, we need to ban guns. We need to reduce the capacity of the magazine. We need to reduce how fast bullets can be shot. And it's like, stop. Because we who support the Second Amendment are scratching our heads and saying, what does banning guns have to do with preventing this crime? There's two separate issues. There's two separate events going on. This is like some crazy person saying that after someone is killed intentionally using an automobile, it's time to ban all automobiles and reduce, or we're going to reduce the engine power in automobiles. This is silly. No one has asked to ban automobiles and prevent people from driving, even though about 40,000 people each year are killed on United States highways and about 2 million people are maimed and injured because of the automobile. It's just that we in America and our American society, we're used to automobiles. Everybody, there's one in every driveway. And it's, it's not something unusual that's going on in our culture is people who drive cars. But we here in the Second Amendment community are feel the same way about guns. They don't pose a threat to our safety, because we are responsible users of the product. In fact, I would argue automobiles enhance our lives immeasurably, just as the right to own a firearm to defend ourselves, defend our families. 
the Second Amendment immeasurably enhances our lives because it protects us and it keeps a potential tyrannical government in check, gives us the standing to practice the First Amendment to the Constitution, which is the freedom of speech, the freedom of religion, the right to assemble, and the right to petition the government. Because we have the Second Amendment, it allows us to continue to practice the First Amendment. And I was trying to figure out um, how many times guns are used to deter or thwart a crime. And statistics are varied on this, but I found between 500,000 and 2.8 million times per year, a firearm is used in the prevention of a crime or an assault. And a 2021 survey estimates that guns are used 1.67 million times per year in self-defense. So this is millions of episodes per year that the firearm is used as a defensive measure. And these statistics are really hard to find. It's been said in the gun community, this is like trying to measure the duck that didn't quack. In other words, there may not be police reports or any other record when no crime was committed or reported. Most of the time a gun is used to prevent a crime. There's no record of it. So it's really hard to get statistics on this because you're trying to measure the duck that didn't quack. You know, what didn't happen because no crime was committed and no rape was committed and nothing was stolen on private property because of the presence of a firearm in a law-abiding citizen's hands. And there's another statistic that's very difficult to use, but many, many times guns prevent crime and assault and they're never fired. Just the presence of a gun thwarts the crime. And it's hard to measure these things. It's trying to measure how many people didn't die because they were wearing a seatbelt in a car accident. It's a very difficult statistic to measure. So then we turn to the topic of mass shootings and blaming the gun on the mass shooting. There are many causes to mass shootings. And some of these causes are kids who are not properly emotionally bonded to their parents. They've had rotten parents They don't have a father, they might not have a mother, decades in front of a screen, they're isolated, they they use psychotic drugs, and the gun here is not to blame. It's the mental illness, the emotional detachment, the craziness of the mass shooter. And ultimately, this boils down to a power struggle. Who's going to be in charge? Who's going to hold the power? How are they going to keep this power? Who's going to have the upper hand? And who's going to level the playing field? Who's going to rule the day in our individual life, in states, and in our nation? I recently spent time with our three-year-old grandson, and in his little person, this power struggle has begun. Who's going to be in charge of him? Who's going to rule the day, his mother and father or him? His three-year-old self wants to win, but he does not have the wisdom or power to choose what's best for himself at this point. But this power struggle has begun. It's the person with the most power who's going to choose what's best for him, and he as the weaker, will he choose wisely as an adult if he's properly nurtured, properly loved, and properly trained? It is a power struggle between good and evil. I was recently in a gun and pawn shop and I was going through the aisles of a secondhand, you know, secondhand stuff and discarded stuff. And behind the counter and under the glass countertops, they were selling a large assortment of handguns, rifles, and shotguns. And my husband and I were browsing around looking at stuff and in walks this woman who's probably, I don't know, 30, 35 years old. 
I'm guessing, and my husband and I begin to overhear her conversation with the guy working behind the gun counter. She begins to tell him that she needs a handgun because she's being stalked and that she wants a handgun to defend herself from the stalker. And she says he's over six feet tall, over 300 pounds, and he's a six-time convicted sex offender, and he just got out of prison. She also goes on to say that she's used bear spray on him, but it didn't work because it just made him angry, and he got it away from her, and he used it on her. And she was afraid the restraining order that she got to try and protect herself from him wasn't going to work. And I could see clearly she was powerless, she was hurt, she was wounded, she was afraid, she was shaking, her voice was quivery, and clearly operating in a lot of fear for her safety and her life. In the purchase of a gun, she wanted to gain the upper hand and have more power than this monster. It was the power struggle. She wanted to level the playing field and take back the power he had over her. And so she goes on and she tells the guy behind the gun counter that he came to her work when she wasn't there and he threatened her co-workers. So now all of her co-workers were carrying. And at this point, my heart starts to get involved and I'm trying not to overhear, but I am overhearing because she's talking excitedly and, and under my breath, I start to pray for her and wondering if I should even enter this conversation. And this is clearly what we've all read about in the news and heard about in this culture we now live in of lawlessness and disorder. The guy behind the counter, who we learned later is the son of the shop owner, he's a young kid. Well, I say young kid, but he was probably about, I'm guessing, about 30 years old. And I can see on his face and by his body language now that he's clearly nervous. And he's put in a very tough predicament. So he displays a few handguns on the counter for her to look at, and he starts to tell her about their features, and and she's completely baffled. And she says she's only shot a thirty-eight once, and she didn't like it because it had too much kick. And I'm thinking, oh, gee, she's just, you know, here is a woman who's never owned a gun. And she says to the guy behind the counter, will these stop him? And I'm thinking, what's this young kid behind the counter supposed to say? Obviously, he knew the guns he was selling, and he was clearly experienced as a gun handler, and he was very knowledgeable about everything behind the counter. But this guy is now being asked if what he's going to sell could stop and potentially kill a 300-pound, six-foot-something monster. So I start to get angry a little bit. I'm like, oh my gosh. I thought to myself, boy, I sure know what I would want to carry. But I also felt deep compassion for her in that and. I cannot relate to her situation, but I, you could just feel the palpable fear that she's talking to this guy with. And so I feel this familiar nudge from the Lord. And I said to her and to the shop counter guy, I said, that sounds like a really difficult situation. So I walked over to her and the guy behind the counter, and I started to explain in very basic language how some of the handguns worked and that ultimately the choice is like buying a car. What do you need? What what do you need it to do? What size best fits your lifestyle? What size best fits your hand and your shooting skill level? And I said, it's just like driving a car. You need a lot of practice to get good at it. You need to practice a lot to get comfortable with how the gun works and how to shoot it. So when your heart is racing and you're breathing hard, your muscle memory takes over and you'll be able to adequately use the weapon and hopefully shoot accurately. 
I was trying to kind of see her skill level. And at this point, the gun counter guy suggested that she take a class, told her where she could do that and gave her the name and contact information of the person she could contact to take a gun class. And he explained to her that it was taught by a retired law enforcement officer, a husband and wife team, and that in the class, they would explain all she needed to know about the different types of guns and so on. And I told her I thought that was an excellent idea, you know, thinking to myself that if this 300-pound monster wrestled away bear spray from her, he could do the unthinkable to her if she wasn't quick enough or accurate enough with a handgun. But what she really wanted was power. What she really wanted was the ability to defend herself. People in our nation now and this entire gun debate that is raging in our culture right now isn't really about guns. It's about who's going to hold the power and who's going to rule. Our founders managed to win the Revolutionary War, and the reason they won was because they wanted the power over their own lives more than they wanted the King of England to have this power. And what gave them this power to win their independence was the gun, the cannon, and so on, you know, armament. Guns are the great equalizer, and it gives the weaker person in the debate an equal footing at the table, an equal voice, an equal place when dealing with the powerful. Right now, those who lead our country are very powerful, and they are lording over the weaker. They are not following the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, but they are punishing law-abiding citizens for no reason. And the only reason our government is showing great restraint right now and not taking us into socialism and communism at a faster pace is that they know the general population is the greatest standing army in the world. And this power that men have fought over for thousands of years really belongs to God, and God is constantly asking humanity, as he gives us power, what are we going to do with it? Are we going to use the power for good or for evil? The woman at the pawn shop, she was looking for power to protect herself from this monster, just like many in America are looking for power to protect themselves from the monster of possibly a tyrannical government, then the government's lack of keeping law and order to maintain a free and safe society. And ultimately, I keep talking about this, but ultimately this power belongs to God. And in the Bible, Jesus talks a lot about this power, his might, his authority, And as the familiar Lord's Prayer so eloquently says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, which means holy is your name. And down through the prayer, he's talking about, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, power, there's that word, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So this prayer is basically saying, deliver us from evil. This is the evil that's raging in our culture today, in our country. And so when the prayer wraps up, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, amen, there it is, that word power, and all the power belongs to God, and he gives it to human beings. Some use it for good and some use it for evil. And those of us who've been used and abused by wickedly powerful people, we want to level the playing field, take back some of this power which brings us all the way down to the Second Amendment and the right to keep and bear arms, which has nothing to do with mass shootings. It's really not about the gun at all, but who has this power and who's using this power for good or for evil. So 
to wrap up my story about the woman in the pawn shop, we had a more of a conversation and I explained to her that it would do her well to take the class from experienced people who could explain gun handling to her, who could possibly have her shoot a couple different kinds of guns, find one that she was comfortable with, find one that would fit in her hand that she could practice that she could use. And she just thanked me a few times after this discussion and said to me that she was really glad I was there and that she was going to take the class. And so after she left, my husband and I both said to the pawn shop guy, you know, hey, you know, we later learned he's the son of the pawn shop owner. But we basically said, hey, we're sorry if he thought we were intruding in his discussion or doing his job for him. And we hoped we weren't out of line. And And he thanked us and in a roundabout way explained that sometimes another woman talking to a potential woman customer about buying a gun was often better because he could not relate with her situation. And so to wrap this up, it's background checks and longer waiting periods and gun restrictions and more gun laws are not going to solve the violence problem in our nation because it's not a gun problem, but a heart condition problem and ultimately a power struggle between good and evil, and who's going to have the power? Who's going to hold the power? The person with good intent or evil intent? That's why we have law enforcement in this nation, because there is a good guy with a gun to hold up the good. More laws and addressing the subject of the gun is not going to solve the violence problem. The Second Amendment is about protecting ourselves, and it's not primarily about guns. Guns are the means to protect ourselves, and the Second Amendment is about protection. If you like this podcast, please hit the subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you listen on, and you can also contact me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Janice Christ, J-A-N-I-S-K-R-I-S-T. Oh my gosh, legal gun owners have 300 million guns and probably a trillion rounds of ammo. If the Second Amendment were the problem, you'd know it.